Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. So open up to Galatians chapter 5, because we're going to spend the bulk of our time. We've started a series uh, called uh, Survive or Thrive. Living with margin. And I've learned something. One of, my, one of my friends in here will really appreciate this. I have a habit. Anybody got a habit in here? I've got several written down, but I thought of one this morning I would like to share better because I think it fits better. All right? I like this. I like to, I like to consume a particular substance. Most days, every day. All day, all day long, if I can. And uh, it, somebody say carbs. Did somebody say carbs? Huh? Yeah, I'm all in on the mashed potato. Anyway, um, and so this this substance that I like, it ha- there's certain parameters within how it needs to be cultivated. And when it's cultivated correctly, I just found out this week it's really a fruit, which I, I guess I should have known, but I didn't know that, right? When it's cultivated correctly with the right water and temperature and all that sort of stuff, man, there's something about taking it in that's just crazy. When it's roasted correctly, there's a certain parameter and, and way it, 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 it is roasted so it, the flavor's just right. And then I found out in recent years of my life that only is there a certain way that it's cultivated and roasted before it gets to me, if I go through a process and habitually do it right, there's something about that experience that's just off the chart. And I am a snob about it. And I've had to learn to habitually create what you call a pour-over coffee. And there's a definite parameter by which you do that. And if you don't do it, it doesn't taste right. And you guys can have that Folgers and Maxwell House stuff. I don't know how you swallow that. That is gross. You might as well just pick up a, a bottle of motor oil and slug that down. But I found this. There's a habit. There's a process. There's a procedure. that if I walk through it, something happens. In, a, in the pour-over process, there's this thing called the bloom. And that's where things happen that are released that create a great flavor there. The gases are released. And then if you continue the process, I get a smirk from the, one, of, one of the back row. And you, can't, you do the process right, and you, you habitually, I just made another addict way, the effect it has is crazy. I just made another addict this week, encourage them they should invest in a, a young lady whose parents are probably like, oh, Aaron, what are you doing to my daughter? Don't do that. But I found that it's a, it's a fruitful endeavor if I do it correctly, if I habitually do it the right way. Here's something I know about my habits. My habits either lead me to a place of surviving or thriving. And I can tell by the habits I'm undertaking which mode I am in. My eating habits let me know if I'm surviving or thriving. My sleeping habits let me know if I'm surviving or thriving. My, my, my devotional habits let me know if I'm surviving or thriving. And depending on how well I'm thriving, depends on how much fruitfulness, what blooms out of my life. And, and I have to d- d- intentionally do some things to create habits that create good spaces. Now, um, I think most of us, 
We all walk with habits that are either conducive to or thriving to, to, to the, the life we want, or we're just surviving. Our habits are creating a survival mode for all of us. And see, we're created to be supernatural slash, like to use the word, spiritual beings, but we spend a lot of time habitually doing things naturally that don't lead us to that spot. Are you with me? And some of it has to do with our spending. Some of it has to do with what we're drinking, what we're binge watching, what we're binge playing on our devices or our computers or whatever, what we're eating. There's not enough of a habitually or in a habitual situation of crisis. And if there's not enough of it, we create it. Am I right? Oh, Aaron just went somewhere, didn't he? Huh? Some of you just, some of you had three good days in a row and you don't know what to do with yourself. So like today on the way home, you've already made plans. I'm frustrated about this. I'm going to say something. He don't know it yet, but it's coming on. Huh? And, you, and, and you're in this survival mode thing of just, just trying to get by, right? Get your point across. See, our habits are probably the biggest indicator, the biggest indicator of what margin we are actually living in our, in our lives. If, if you do two things, if you, would, if you would sit down today and study your time, how you're spending your time, how you're spending your money, I'll bet I can tell you whether you're surviving or thriving. Those two habits all by themselves, I'll bet I can figure out where you are spiritually just by looking at those two things. If you go home today and just study your schedule and your to-do list and, your, and, and how you're spending your money, I'll bet you'll, find, you, you'll be really aware of like how, where, where things are. I want to say this this morning. Margins can instigate the right habits. Can. Can. Not a done deal. You know, I didn't clarify what kind of habits we're talking about. Okay. Margins can instigate the right habits that make a habitat where fruit thrives and we do more than survive. Our theme verses for this series go like this. From one, hey, stand up with me. Is that, do we have a do we do we have a do we have a do we have a slide with the with, with Act 17 on it? Thanks. Thanks, Scott. Give Scott a hand. He's back here working hard. I'm making it challenging for him. Uh, you can do better than that. Hey, listen to me. Sometimes those two guys in the booth are more important than the guy with the microphone. Because he jibber jabbers and sweats and gets lost quick, and then, you know, and so listen, don't just, oh, he said, okay, golf clap. No, let's thank, let's thank the dudes in the booths because they're there and they make, they make things happen for us. Can we do that for a minute? It takes a whole church to make something happen. And Jamie and Scott are like, hey, Pastor Aaron, do that never again. We're in the booth on purpose. We're going to read these, these words together. All right? We're going to recite them together because I think it's good for us not only to read, but to hear and engage the Word of God. And so let's do this together. I'll let you start reading because I get really jumbled up and I get lost when everybody else starts talking. Are you ready? So one, two, three. That is beautiful. Slap your neighbor a high five and say, thanks for reading with me. We're talking about this idea of margin. You can be seated. Some of you are really good. You're like, I'll wait till he tells me to sit down. I don't know what's going next. We've talked about the idea of margin. Margin instigate the right habits that make a habitat where fruit thrives and we do more than survive. And it's really important that we realize that. I went through these, I went through these uh, uh, 
definitions last week, but I want to zero in on number three. The word margin means this, a limit in condition and capacity, etc., beyond or below which something ceases to exist, be desirable, or be possible. And here's the idea. Our habits or the margin we live within either causes life to thrive, or if we get outside of them, life ceases to exist the way it's supposed to. I cannot have enough of something in my life, and my life will go into survival mode. I can have an excess of something in my life, and I go into survival mode. If I find the right habit, the right margin, in that segment, I find thriving. I find a place of fruitfulness. And so it's important for me as a follower of Christ to walk in a place of thriving, not just merely surviving, because the world is in survival mode. And if I live in a place of thriving rather than survival, automatically the light of the gospel is going to emanate from my life, and people are going to think, hey, what's going on? What's happening? What can I do now? Why is why is it why are they not all been out of shape like I'm not been out of shape? Why is their marriage working? Why 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 are they full of joy and hope and peace? What's going on? And then first Peter would tell us that's the chance to give an answer for the hope that's within us. But if I'm in survival mode too, there's no place for that. Are you with me? I'm not fond of survival mode. I'd rather be in thrival. I, somebody made fun of me last week because I said thrival. I'm not even sure that's a word, but it sounds awesome. So we're going to start the air and glossary of biblical terms. Thrival's the first word in it. All right, we're going to thrive today. All right, margin instigates the right habits, so we make a habitat where fruit thrives and we do more and survive. So I want to drop some thoughts in your mind right quick, okay? Let's, let, let's do some habit-forming thoughts, okay? Are you with me? Think about this. Habits create certain living spaces for us. Okay? Habits create certain living spaces for us. Now, if I would take somebody to the zoo right now, we'd hear a lot about a natural habitat, right? You know, and the mountain gorilla in his natural habitat. The guy's, you know, giving you the whole thing, right? Natural habitats are living spaces where things grow, live, and thrive naturally. Are you with me so far? Okay? And habitats create good spaces for habitation. Okay? Habits are things that we do that create habitats, which is an environment, a climate for which life can occur. And within that climate, there's a dwelling place that we can live and that invites God to work within a habitation. Are you with me so far? Everybody say habits. Everybody say habitat. Now say habitation. Man, you guys are good today. Are you with me? So habits create good places for habitation. Okay? Habitats create good places. If we set regular margins or regular habits in certain areas, it will affect our normal living space or our habitat. Now the next part's really important. The home or the place where we dwell, the habitation that we live in, is either thriving or it's merely surviving. Are you with me? Are you tracking? Okay? Now listen to this. There's a tension between the margins our carnal nature wants, or doesn't want, maybe is the case, and the margin God's Spirit knows is good for our fruitfulness. You got anybody experienced that tension this week? Huh? Your natural body, your natural person wants certain things. 
And God's spirit's like, no, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Huh? You been there? Heard Andy Stanley say one time, the tension is good. When you're experiencing the tension, you know what that means? That means the Holy Spirit hadn't given up on you yet. Huh? If you're in a place where you can just do anything you want, the Bible says the book of Judges, these words, that everybody did what was right in their own eyes, and they ran off in crazy mode, man, crazy, crazy, crazy. And they ended up in places God never intended them to end up, and it was a mess because they, their margins were outside of what God had prescribed, and suddenly they went from thriving under the blessing of God to surviving under the dictates of their, their carnal nature. <laughs> and don't any of us want to live there? Galatians, uh, again, margins instigate the right habits that make a habitat where, we, where, where fruit thrives. We do more than survive. So Galatians 5.16, read like this. So I say, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do what is evil which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires, look at these words, the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. There's the tension. And so you are not free to carry out your own good intentions. Anybody ever been there? Hmm? There's, Paul would write these words in Romans 7. There's this good I want to do, I can't find a way to do it. And there's this evil I don't want to do, and I find myself doing it. Anybody ever been there? Now listen to this next line. But when you are directed by the Holy Spirit, you are not under, listen to these words. When you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. Really important thing here. Wherever the word law is used, here's the idea of the word the, the, the law. The law lets us know where the boundaries are, and most time we're outside of the boundaries, so cursing comes. That's why the law was given. That's what, that's what, that's what Paul would tell us. The law was given because we're outside of what, what's normal. And it's called the, the, the Bible pronounces the curses of the law. So what he's talking about is a survival place. When, you, when, when, you're, when you're directed by your, your nature, you're in a place of survival there's not blessing there. There's the opposite. There's cursing. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, verse 19 says, the results are very clear, and he goes through a list. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, infamy. Inf I almost said infamy. I suppose that goes with this list too, I suppose, yeah. Drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, he says, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the place where blessing flows. It's the place Jesus refers to as the place he came to give his followers life and life more abundantly. And he's not merely talking about the kingdom of God over there when we pass away. He would say words like this, the kingdom of God is within you. And what he's talking about is a place of thriving from the inside out. That you've set certain parameters, certain places where you can grow and thrive and be what God wants you to be, what he saw you being from the beginning of time. He, he's got a place like that for you. But if you follow these other things, here's what I think. Some of these are really easy for us to pick out the habits there, right? 
Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. That sounds like it. Drunkenness, right? That's easy to recognize. Wild parties. Well, of course, man, that's a bad, those are bad, bad habits. But we slip right past the rest of them. Idolatry. We are, we are habitually connected to things that take the place of God in our lives. Right? I, I, we are habitually connected to things that keep fighting for our worship. And we run to them. And sometimes it's stuff like food, but sometimes it's like the clicker with the remote. Any man in the house know what I'm talking about? Huh? Sometimes it's the need for speed, right? And I'm not talking, well, maybe I am talking about both kinds. Huh? Sorcery, that gets right, kind of right past this, but it is talking about habits because the word sorcery is the Greek word pharmakeia, which we get our word pharmacy from, which has everything to do with drug use because the sorcery, the spells they used to place on people were, were fabricated during a time of them inhaling, taking in some kind of substance that created the scenario for that to happen. So we're talking about that there. But what's the next thing there? Uh, hostility. Some of you are addicted to hostility. You can't wait to pick the next fight. You're waiting for it. You're looking for I remember when, when Rachel and I were a little bit younger, I could walk in the house and know it was going to be one of those evenings. Huh? And it wasn't Wednesday, Steve. It was usually Tuesday or Thursday. Huh? And I could say, so I, I'd walk in after about 15 minutes. I'd just look at her and i go, so what are we fighting about tonight? Because I knew she wasn't going to rest well until we, till we just, you know, we had it out. Don't ask me why. I just knew. I'm like, okay, it's going to be on. Okay, let's just get this. Let's just get this over with right now, huh? And so some of us, my wife. Listen, my wife is she's grown a lot, but I've probably grown more because I'm not giving her reasons to be hostile any longer. Are you with me? Huh? Not not as many. Not as many. Are you with me? Quarreling, right? Jealousy. Some of you are addicted to what everybody else has, and you think you have to have it. The notoriety, the car, the, the job, the, the, the 401k, whatever. You, you think you have to have what everybody else has. That's an addiction for you. That's a habit you're sucking. Outbursts of anger, selfish ambition. See, we, we, we wake up in the morning, and sometimes that's where our mind's going. How can I excel? What can I do? And I haven't even stopped to ask Jesus what he wants from your life today. Dissension, division. Some of you just strive. You like it. You like putting people get you know what so-and-so said? You know? You know what I heard the government's doing now. Huh? And, and, and you, you thrive in that. Envy, drunkenness, wow, all those things. See, the many things we could call and we, 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 we look at them as bad habits. But all of them lead us to a place that's outside the margin God wants. These things on this list lead us to a place of not only being away from God, which is the most tragic of all, but they lead us to a place also where we're just trying to make it. We are surviving. And we feel like it, most of these things, if we don't feel like we get the next thing that's on that list or whatever it is, we're gonna, somehow we're going to miss something about life. We're going to miss something about living. We're going to miss, I've got to get, get a hold of it with all I can. Can I say something to you? It is impossible to thrive in an arena where these things on this particular list are. It is impossible. You, 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 cannot, you, you can't live there and expect that to happen. So I want to say this to you. Number one, first, first point from Galatians 5 is this. 
you have to let God's Spirit win the margin battle and overcome your habits. The bookends of both of these passages of Scripture from 16 to 21 is this. God's Spirit has a heart and a desire for your life. And if you don't come in agreement with it and you're in the middle of the tension, you will not, your habits will dictate to you, not you, to your lifestyle. Worship is a lifestyle. And it's a lifestyle of this. The word worship means to, to, to bow down before, like on your face. It was common in, in medieval days for there to be a king. Whenever you entered in or entered out of his presence, you would go like this with your face toward the ground. That was worship. And what this means is, in every arena of my life, I'm submitting to God's spirit. I'm not just singing songs, which are great. I'm not just going to church, which is great. I'm not just going to small group. I am letting God's spirit set the margin for how I spend my money, how I spend my time, how I talk to my spouse, how I engage my kids, how I talk to my coworkers, how I engage with, with, with the community around me. I'm letting, and I'm not letting the, the culture, I'm not letting the news programs, I'm not letting the, whatever I'm reading on the internet, I'm letting the Spirit and the Word of God do the dictating. I'm just listening. And I have to let Him overcome my habits of where I want to go naturally. When I want to go to fear, I got to let Him overcome that habit. When I want to go to depression, I got to let Him overcome that habit. When I go, when I, when I, when I, when I'm dealing with worry and doubt, I got to let Him overcome that. How many of you guys have a habit like fear just comes easy? How many of y'all like worry just comes easy? How about doubt? Does it just come easy? It's your go-to spot, right? i gotta, I got to let God's Spirit overcome that. See, when I set certain margins, that can instigate the right habits that make a habitat where fruit thrives. And we can do more than survive. Which brings me to verse 22. Listen to these words. Everybody say, but. But. So he's making a change here. He's creating a contrast of what, was, what the previous discourse was. He's going to turn a corner here and bring us to a new place. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And self-control. The next line is awesome. There is no law against these things. You know what he's really saying there? There's no cursing attached to these things. What's the opposite of that? There's only blessing attached to these things. There's only fruitfulness attached to these things. There's only thriving attached to these things. There's, see, we, we can look for all sorts of these things. Remember those old Visa cards? I think it were Visa, MasterCard, one of them. I don't remember one of those crazy, stupid people want to get you knee-high in debt so you can't move around in life at all. So I'm like, you know, going to the ball game, priceless. After you spent $15 on a Coke. Huh? And you spend the next 85 years of your life paying for that one coat because you're, you're still only paying the minimum on the MasterCard, right? And they're trying to create an idea that maybe you might thrive if you do everything the way everybody else is doing it. And you find out you're just surviving, right? That's not priceless. These are priceless. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control, those are priceless. 
This is verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passion, desires, their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Other words, you know what they're doing? They're eliminating the tension. Every time one of those bad habits pop up, they take a nail and a hammer and they nail it to the cross of Jesus. They're not submitting to that anymore. They're telling that thing what it's supposed to do and where it's supposed to be. Some of you have been looking for a long time to tell somebody or something where to go. Here's your chance. Tell fear to get out of town. Are you with me? Submit to the Spirit of God and tell lust to get out of town. Look, look at anger and fury and all those things and tell it by the power of the Holy Spirit to get, to get out of town. Because you're living within the margins of what God wants, not outside. In your relationships, in your, in, in, in your daytime, in your nighttime, in your spending and, and whatever, you're doing that. So here's the point from, from Galatians 5. When God's spirit wins the margin battle, he changes our habitat and his habitation becomes his habitation becomes fruitful. See, God's looking for a place where he can dwell. In a couple of weeks, I may talk to you about a passage of scripture from the Psalms where it talks about who can ascend to the house, into, the, into the mountain of the Lord, he who has a clean hands and a pure heart. See, God's looking for a place where he can bestow his blessing easily. A place where he dwells. Now, this is a little bit different. Here's what, here's what we know about God. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient, and he's ever-present. Those are the three biggies that make God God. He's all-powerful. They call him the almighty God on purpose. He's omniscient. He knows everything about everything. You can't hide from him, right? And he's ever-present. So he's everywhere. But here's the idea. There's something about being in the presence of God, not just a place where God is present, that changes everything. See, there's a place where God's man, God, God manifests his character, his life, and his blessing. And that's in a place where a person in humility of heart goes, I don't know what I'm doing, God. I need help. And I'm going to follow you today. And in that life, he goes, I'll pour out every good blessing I've got. In that life, I'll, I'll, I'll make a man, I will, I will tangibly put my, my blessing on his life, my presence in his life. I'm, I'm looking for someone who will say, I'm not going to let the, my flesh win the margin battle anymore. I'm going I'm I'm to let God's spirit win the margin battle. And in that place, fruitfulness comes, and the fruit we're looking for has nothing to do with the bottom line. It has nothing to do with success. It has nothing to do with, with numbers. It has nothing to do with what, it, what, what, the, what Mr. Jones across the street's accumulating. Because he's sitting right there. He's my buddy. We're, we're friends. He'll let, me, he'll let me do that. You know, has, has no difference. What he's doing. I'm letting God set that parameter. And he says, listen, inside that place. Remember we read last week from the Psalms, these words, the lines that have been set for me fall in beautiful places. When I realize God's got a place set for me and I sit in it, it's a beautiful place. It's not on the property line of the Jones family, and it's not on the property line of whatever Wall Street's saying or whatever news organization or whatever magazine I'm reading, whatever, whoever else in the community I'm trying to measure my life by. It's not in those places because that's their space. My space is different because God loves me individually as his son. He loves you individually as his daughter, and he's got a space set for you that's beautiful if you'll just recognize that he said it, and he's leading and guiding you into that.
When we're, when we're in his presence, his felt, the presence of God, here's what happens. Creativity happens. And fruitfulness is a result. See, in an intimate place, I don't want to. My wife and I have a fruitful marriage because we've set parameters around it. Are you hearing me? And there are some that have to do with marital fidelity where sexual things are concerned. They have to do with how we set our time constraints and our spending habits. There, there, There are certain parameters we've chosen to live in and we've become fruitful in marriage because we have an intimacy and there's been a produce. Those three are mine. You can't tell. I mean, that one's pretty, pretty obvious. And there's been a productivity, not just of, of physical growth, but of spiritual and emotional and mental growth in their lives because of the parameters we have set that are based on the Word of God, that are based on the leading of the Holy Spirit, that sometimes I really don't want to follow through with. Can I be honest with that? There are mornings I wake up, I'm like, no, I don't want to do that today, God. I've got other things I don't want to do. Yeah, even the pastor does that. Huh? I mean, I scam Groupon every now and then. I do have the Groupon app. Download on my phone. And there are days I'm like, oh, I'd so like to have that. Ah, some of you are Amazoners and Craigslisters and Ebayers. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Huh? So if I don't, it, but there are going to be more important things to me than me getting what I want. I've got to do things that are profitable for my spiritual well-being, for that of my wife, that of my kids, and that for the people that are going on around me. So, What I'm saying is, in God's presence, where you and God are one, there is a produce there. Reproduction happens, and the character of God begins to be formed in your life, which are these things that are listed in Galatians 5, 22, and 23. And you need to alleviate parameters, alleviate things that are taking you outside the parameters of God or can be you to live below the parameters of God. So you, the produce of the, the, your relationship with God can be seen, can be felt, can be experienced in your life, in that of the people close to you, and everything outward in every direction. Are you with me? I'm sweating. Is it hot? 1 Corinthians 9.24. Paul writes these words, and I'm going to try and wrap this up soon. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets surprised. There are parameters around a race, am I right? There are margins around a race. Paul says, everyone runs. He says, but you run to win. That means you're going to go above the average dude on the, run, on the track. If you're running to win, you set different parameters than everybody else. Are you with me? All athletes are disciplined in their training. Training indicates there's a lifestyle. There's a habit of the way I do things. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. He says, but we do it for an eternal prize. Now listen to Paul's words. reason I take good habits. So I run with purpose in every step. Not taking anything. Everything I do, I do on purpose. 
every habit I form, every, every time I set my schedule, every time I, I set how I'm spending, every time I set how, I, how I'm doing business, every time I set how I'm, how I'm spending time with my kids, every time I, I set how I'm going to interact with my wife, every time I set parameters around those kind of things, how I'm going to engage with my friends, what kind of space I'm going to give God devotionally in my life, every one of those, I do it on purpose. I'm really not angry. I'm really intense. I know I sound angry sometimes. But I'm excited about what God's up to, man. And I want my life to measure up to what He wants. And there's so many times in my life it isn't, and I find myself, I feel the tension, right? And I want to get over it. So I run with purpose at every step, and I'm not just shadow boxing. I've been doing some boxing lately, but I'm not shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Listen to what Paul says next. Otherwise, after, after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. I want to make sure my life safe in, in parameters so my life is fruitful and so that I end up in a place where God intended me to end up. Are you with me? I don't want to be disqualified from the race. I don't want to, I don't want to finish, come up short. I don't want to be, I don't want to be like, well, I guess he, he, he arrived safely at third base. I don't want to be like that, that guy sliding to third base from Michigan in the College World Series and scanning up my face on my way trying to get where I'm going. Are you with me? I, I want to end up somewhere on purpose. See, you need to get in the habit of training your life to be a habitation for God's spirit. Jay, once you, can you get ready with me for, for a minute? Once you, right, now, right now, wherever you guys are, I want you to grab that connection card. You maybe have already started. I want you to open up on your app right now. Okay? I want you to start thinking about the habits that, that, you're, that, you're, that, you, that you're, you constantly deal with. And what I want you to do, prayer team, I want you to be ready. Are you ready? I want you to pray. I want you to think through the habits of your normal, everyday living, the place where, the, where there's tension between you and the Spirit of God. And I want you to ask God to give you the power to eliminate certain habits and to grow new habits in their place so you can have the right kind of fruit. So you will go from, from not just surviving, but to thriving, that you'll be in a spot that God wants. See, because if we just sit and listen to the Scriptures and we do nothing at all to, to apply the ideas that we're, we're missing the point of being here. I read this week, I think it was June, June 15th, maybe it was last week, in one of my devotions, I read these words. It's called, In the Matter of Drudgery. And he's, I think it's, it's Oswald Chambers is referring to the passage in 2 Peter 1.5 where, where, where Peter commissions us as followers of Christ to add to our faith certain things, to put certain things into place so our life continues to grow. So he's talking about setting certain parameters, certain margins. And you find these words. You've inherited the divine nature, is what Peter says. Well, listen to this. I love how Oswald Chambers is kind of, kind of bold. He goes, now screw your attention down and form habits. The word add means all that character means. No man is born either naturally or supernaturally with character. He has to make character. Nor are we born with habits. We have to form habits on the basis of the new life God has put into us. We are not meant just to be illuminated versions but we're to be the common stuff of ordinary life, exhibiting the marvel of the grace of God. Listen to these words. Drudgery is the touchstone of character. 
the great hindrance in spiritual life is that we look for big things to do. Then he quotes John 13. Jesus took a towel and began to worship the disciples. Worsh. I just like I'm from Southern Ohio. That's awful. And began to wash the disciples' feet. There are times when there is no illumination. There are times when there is no illumination. When you sense, like Nancy said a minute ago, where's the fruitfulness? What's God doing? Where's he at? There is no thrill. But just the daily round, the common task. Listen to these words. Routine is God's way of saving us between our times of inspiration. Routine is God's way of saving us between our times of inspiration. Do not expect God always to give you his thrilling minutes. Now listen to this. But learn to live in the domain of drudgery. This next phrase makes all the difference in the world. By the power of God. Anybody felt like you've been in a a drudgery this week? Come on, be bold and be honest. How how many of you guys are the Dunkin' Donuts dude, right? Huh? Come on. Don't stop being authentic now. You just pray for one another. You just don't spell what you want to pray. And now I just sit there and look at it and go, nah, he ain't talking about me. Uh Uh-uh. Some of you know you've been you you've, you've dreaded living the life you have to live right now. You know it. You've been waiting for the next big thing for God to do, and and you're wondering what's going on. And God's saying, "Listen, just habitually follow me. Tomorrow, wake up and do something." I heard a beautiful story. I'm gonna tell my friend Jeff here. I was sitting with two other guys this week, walking through something, and the topic came up of Jeff's morning devotions. He sends out on. On, via the phone every week. And one of the other guys told me that he got a contact from a friend of his who's on his list, who, sh- who, who lives a, a, out of state from here anymore, flew back to, wanted to fly back to Ohio to thank Jeff, gave him a gift because Jeff encouraged him to do the daily thing of looking back into the Bible. Now, to some of you, that don't mean seem like a whole de- big deal. And maybe some of you do like I do. Jeff sent me a thing. I kind of hurry up and glance at it, go on to the next thing, and don't even really give it a time of day. Anybody like that? But Jeff's a faithful man. He's developed a routine and a habit. And he doesn't know what God's doing in those moments, but he, he does it faithfully. And that's a part of that gift of God from the power of the Holy Spirit that's changing sometimes lives we don't know even know anything about. And we just think it's a drudgery. Why should I do this again? Nobody's paying attention. I don't know what's happening. And we live our lives looking for the next big thing. And God's like, I'm in the little thing. Despise not the days of small things. So you got to do this right now. You gotta rethink. Look at your life and start to assess. Intellectually, mentally engage the Spirit of God and go, God, right now, help me look at my life honestly. Let me see it like you see it. Number two, realign. You reset your priority list today. You do the inspection. Then you say, this is out of source. You You start to realign. Mentally, you start to realign where things are. Number two, you readjust. This has to do with the actual outplay. It's one thing to acknowledge. It's one thing to reprioritize. It's another thing to completely go, I'm doing it. 
you readjust and you apply the function of living with that new margin that you've recently assessed, reprioritized, and begin to carry it out. And then what happens after that is you really live. You go from survival to thrival, at least in that, in that arena, that particular spot in your life. One day, one step, one piece of the puzzle at a time. So how do I do that? You're going to ask yourself these questions with that connection card in your hand. What areas of life are you fighting a margin battle with God? Right now, is there, where is there tension between you and the Spirit of God? Right now. Maybe it is about your eating habits. Maybe it is about some addiction that you have. Maybe it's about what you're looking at on the computer or, or viewing how much time you're spending on social media. Some of you got that, got, got that notice this morning, didn't you? But how much screen time you've had. And this week you're up 58%. Right? Which area can you let his, uh, ask yourself this question, which area can you let his spirit set the margin just today? Today. Take it today. And cease a bad habit. Where's the bad habit? Zero in on the one bad habit right now. Secondly, fill it with something new. Put a new habit in its spot. So maybe it's going to be, you know, praying at lunch rather than just eating whatever leftovers you took with you. Maybe it's going to be setting your alarm clock early this next week so you can get up early and you can do what Jeff's been doing and ingest the Word of God on a regular basis. I want to talk to you about your motivation. Really important question here. Is your heart to be successful or fruitful? Because your endeavor to be successful will set certain parameters that the Spirit of God wouldn't set on you. But if your desire is to be fruitful, that changes the whole idea of how you're looking at life. You get what I'm saying? Prayer team, come this way. Jay's going to sing. Oh, man. This preacher's crazy. If you want to set a new habit, here's what you need to do. You, need to, you, you and God need to solidify it, and you need somebody to, 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 to join you in prayer over it. You need to eliminate a habit. You need to, there's this idea of called a, yeah, good job, Randy. Stand, everybody stand up. Make some space to moving around. This altar face is open, maybe you and somebody else, and we believe that every believer can minister. So here's the deal. I want you all to pray together. I want you to come and ask for prayer. Maybe you come in with some sort of problem, and there's an area of your life that's in survival mode because of, like Nancy talked about during offering, there's some diagnosis or some financial stress or some relational issue where the fruit of God is just missing, right? Let's create a space where God can do some business. So right now, you should, be, you should be filling out those connection cards. You should be thinking about it. And I would encourage you, bring it up here and just show it to the person you're going to pray with. This is where I'm at. Let me make enough conversation and go right to praying. Father, right now, God, look at your people in this room. And like a good, good daddy who set good boundaries, a place that's pleasant and beautiful for us, help us to see it the way you see it. 
God, if we're outside the realm of, of, of walking with you, God, I pray even in this moment, God, we would realize you're the dad who's beckoning us to come home. You're not the dad waiting to, to, to squash us. You're not the dad waiting to, 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 to punish. You're not the dad waiting to correct. You're the dad waiting to welcome. You're the dad waiting to, to, to throw your arms around them, God. And I, I pray, Father, they would respond to you like that. God, anywhere we're out of sorts, God, let not the, 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 the habits we form, God, bring condemnation. Let your spirit, God, bring conviction and challenge. And God, allow, God, your fruitfulness and your grace, God, to overtake our lives right now. God, as we set new parameters around our life, God, give us a place of thriving. Give us a place of fruitfulness. God, let us be more concerned about you build, building our character and you helping us arrive at, at, at our purpose, God, than we are anything else. And so, Lord God, we trust you and we bless you. For just a few minutes, let's pray and worship together. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.